Hello there pals, how is everyone? Now here in the UK the summer is probably well and truly over and many people are struggling with the transition from beautiful gorgeous sunny weather into a bit darker rainier autumn. I for one am very very excited. This is the time I thrive. But for all of you who are struggling, I'm sending all my solidarity. Now, today's episode was inspired by an outing, a spontaneous outing to a pub. So after work, I popped in to a local pub. And as I was drinking my gin, this sudden emotion just overcame me. Honestly, I felt such massive gratitude for this half an hour in a pub with some people I knew and complete randoms that I've never seen before gathered there together without having to book a spot, just popping in, walking in from the street. And I could not help but remember lockdown and how miserable and how grim everything was especially at the start of the pandemic. Honestly, I nearly cried into my drink out of gratitude. This this episode today will be about lockdown and it might be quite triggering for some of you. If this is the case, please skip it. And if you haven't listened to my other episodes, do go and find a slightly more cheerful one. I really will not be offended if you skip it altogether. Um, lockdown, hey? Was it real? Did it happen? I had to go and Google when the first lockdown got introduced here in the UK. And that was in March 2020. And then we had another one in December, no, in November, the same year. And then in January 2021. So we have endured a lot. And I know you are listening from different countries in the world. And I think in most places, you would have likely experienced a form of lockdown too. So over two and a half years from that first lockdown, I don't think about lockdown anymore. I don't think much about it. It sometimes just comes back like that time in a pub. But when I think about it, it feels like sometimes it feels like it happened last year. But on other occasions, it feels like it happened years and years ago. It is a little bit like my brain is playing with the play-doh of time. And sometimes it stretches it to its utmost resistance. And at other times, it squeezes it really, really tightly into a tiny little ball. And sometimes it does both at the same time. In result, my time perception of the lockdown and of the pandemic time is completely skewed and screwed. Now, I remember lockdown being really, really tough, especially that first lockdown. Like I will not be sugarcoating anything here or pink glassing it and, and telling you what a great time I had, how I connected with myself and, and how I found the new me and how I found new hobbies. None of that. But, but even so, I also recognise that I was in much more privileged position than many people in this country. Like no one I knew closely died from COVID or its complications. No one I knew got really unwell from it. Although the impact on mental health really cannot be underestimated. In fact, I don't think it can be estimated quite just yet. 
When the first lockdown happened, I spent a lot of time in my bedroom. I was living with a friend, my flatmate at the time, and and she was in a relatively new relationship. And as we all know, these have their own rules. So quite naturally, people focus more on each other and, and that creates less space for people around them. Then none of my family and or close friends lived nearby. It all felt a bit bloody gloomy and a bit lonely. Probably it was the most lonely I have ever felt in my entire life. But you know what? The spring was coming. Work was not busy. And so I said to myself, right, this is your time. And let me tell you this for free. When an extrovert hears this, we are entering a panic button territory. What, me time? Just me. Like me and no one else? Very scary times. But genuinely, I didn't really have a choice. So I had to sit down with it and find a way to do something with myself. Not to lose my mind. Pals, I started doing sports. Just sounds so grandiose. Like I'm heading for the Olympics in every single category. I have never, if you know me, you will know that I have never been super sporty. Okay, exercise in order not to die of a heart attack at 40. But I will never be truly passionate about it. And what I have always hated the most was running. Running was my nemesis throughout my life. At school, I absolutely hated it. After school, hated it. Before school, I'm joking. No, I'm not joking. I hated it. Treadmill, kill me now. Not my sport at all. But you know what? Running was a very easy sport to get into during lockdown because it only required outdoors and shoes. And I had shoes. Kind of. I got this app, it's called C25K, Couch Potato to 5K Potato. It's really great. It helps you run 5K and it trains you in increments. So one day you're running, you know, I don't know, 2K with stops uh, for walking. And then suddenly you're there running a 5K. So I've become a 5K potato the app is really, really great. I recommend it. And and honestly, I was also really proud of myself because I didn't do that thing where you go and buy entirely new outfit when you when you when you decide to do a new sport, you know, new shoes, none of that. How sensible. How sensible of me. Either either that or I anticipated that I'd go once and I'll die. <laughs> or I'll go once and if I survive, I'll just never go again. But shockingly, to me and to others around me, I did. And I actually went religiously three times a week. And guess what? (laughs) I still hated it. And then sometime later, I still hated it, but I went. And you know what? I still don't love it. It's not my sport of choice. But something did happen that made me persevere. It has given me an uninterrupted headspace. When I go for a run, and when I went for a run at that time, 
I was suffering so much and, and I was still trying to go further and further because I am a little bit competitive. And so when I run, I'm thinking, come on, you need to get home. Yes, your lungs are on fire. Oh my God, your lungs are on fire. But you can get home. Come on, you can do it. You'll survive. You'll, you'll get there alive. And this is literally the only thing I can think of making it alive out of this run. So it is a great way of getting out of my head by in a healthy, well, arguably, way. And I was not ready to go into my head when the pandemic started or, or not too deeply. Look, I haven't become a marathon runner. I don't think I'll ever be one. But I did try something new and I still romance with it every now and then. And whenever I do go for a run now, I do think to myself, oh God, it's just such nothing, isn't it? Like half of London is running. But somehow it still really makes me proud because it is me, the anti-running, anti-sporty spies, going for a run again and again. And okay, maybe not as regularly as I would like to go, but still. And, and really it makes me think that your achievements are what you make them. And I am totally happy and impressed with people. I admire those who learn a language during the pandemic, learned pottery, painting, made a profit or made a baby. But I am equally impressed with those who learned or did none of these things, but who survived. Really, I can't stress this enough. Achievements are what you make them, not what you conclude them to be by comparing yourself to others. Oof, I've got a bit preachy. So let me bring it back down to earth a little bit. Now, one night during during the lockdown, I had a dream. And I mean an actual gorgeous, beautiful dream. Actually, I don't know about you, but I had these very, very vivid, very real life like dreams. They were, they were a bit like reality on acid, plus, plus, plus. And they used to happen quite a lot. And so one of these dreams involved me on a skateboard wearing one of these t-shirts with a fringe on the trim. They used to be very popular when I was a child, a teenager. So I am in this dream flying on a skateboard wearing that fringed top with Malibu written on it. And I'm in flying like a pro like I'm in some skateboarding Olympics, having just got skateboarding Nobel Prize. That sort of a dream. I feel great. And so, no surprise, I wake up and I open my laptop. I go on eBay and I buy a skateboard. Because I am I'm, I'm quite a nocturnal person, I love that idea of just skateboarding through empty streets of London. So I buy glow-in-the-dark one, glow-in-the-dark skateboard with beautiful red wheels on it. Who am I? What am I thinking? Other than thinking, yes, this is my future. So I buy all the gear, you know, the protectors for head and shoulders, knees and toes. I order that of eBay too. And then it all arrives. Now, a small digression... Amongst my friends, I am very well known for buying stuff and sometimes um, sometimes sober, sometimes not, um, and sometimes not reading descriptions when I buy it. So 
you know, instead of a jumpsuit for a grown-up, i.e. meme, I ordered a baby onesie with a very cute print. Instead of a yellow reading chair, again, for me, I ordered a yellow reading chair for a dollhouse. <laughs> Instead of uh, 100 meters of bubble wrap, I ordered a 100 centimeter wrap, like enough for five cups, not for furniture, that kind of thing. So I am unfortunately that person. Now, the skateboard arrives. <sighs> and it is really small, like really weirdly small. I cannot comfortably put my body on it because it doesn't have enough space for my feet. Like, it's very small. And I just go, WTF? This was my new life, my new passion, my new career. Mind you, I've never been on a skateboard. I'm like, this seems wrong. And then I go and I Google and it transpires that this is actually for grown-ups but more for like very professional ones or ones who know how to skateboard really well. Normally, I would give up at this point. <laughs> Take it as a sign from universe, a warning that you're going to break every bone in your body. Just stop it. But this was the new skatey me. <laughs> so I went on eBay and I bought another one. And this one was a normal beginner adult size took it out, you know, it looks easy, I've YouTubed how to skateboard. Pals, if you think that, look, it's impossible. It's very difficult. For someone with a slightly below average balance, it really is not a great sport. But you know what? I have given it a really good go. And then I fell quite badly. And I thought I broke my wrist. Even though I, I wore the protector, I was in this excruciating pain. After a split moment where I I was on the skateboard and then I was off the skateboard on the floor with a like really, really painful wrist. And um, after that accident, I decided that I could not be the poster girl burden on the NHS. That was at the time dealing with COVID response. The London's A&Es really did not need me. Um, and so I parked a skateboarding for a while. But then I got really tempted because it was just sat there looking at me. And I thought, do you know what? I'll I'll just give it a try really gently. So I did some skating, skateboarding um, here and there. And, um, it, you know, I went and I met some dudes who skate. And they helped me to understand what I was doing wrong and how to skate better. And, you know, every now and then I would just pop on it and have a go and then work got really busy uh, lockdown ended I had much less time so I parked it and I still have these two skateboards both of them it feels like they might be waiting for better times and who knows maybe these better times are just round the corner or maybe they're drifting through the Indian Ocean and will be with us in three years who knows and if these better times never come, they are there as a reminder of quite literally following my dream. That's how I choose to interpret them. Not as a failure, no, as a reminder to have a go, to follow the dream, no matter how freaking ridiculous that dream is. There you go. No more sports were explored during the pandemic, you'll be pleased to know. 
I went through the standard banana bread making, baking phase. And to be honest, I discovered that I didn't actually like banana bread. You know, I've got a bit of a weird relationship with bananas anyway. Um, and I, I, I baked because it was something to do. But after a few attempts, I just gave up. And I tried other cakes too, um, not just banana. I baked this blueberry cake and I even made an Instagram post about it. <laughs> It was really shit, which to me indicates that posting something so boring and horrible on Instagram indicates to me I must have been really bored. I look at it now and I think, wow, mate, you had time on your hands. Why didn't you like read a book? And I'm thinking about books, actually, I had very difficult relationship with reading during lockdown. And I actually love reading. I can go through three, four books per week quite easily, especially if I go to the office. <laughs> like not because I read in the office, but because of the commute. So I have about 80 minutes per day on a bus. And it's amazing. I can just disappear into a book. But during the pandemic, during the lockdown, I just couldn't read. I had a massive reader's block. <laughs> reader's block down. And it seems... Sometimes it seems I was alone in this as people, according to many surveys, were reading much more. But I think what happened to me and what definitely must have happened to others too, was that I found my focus to, to be significantly lower. My attention span was much, much shorter than usual. And it must have been because suddenly we found ourselves with a very stretchy time continuum which I found initially quite stressful. I suddenly had time after not having time for years. And up to that point, I have been that really annoying person who was always busy. Look, out of habit more than anything else. But it felt a little bit like reading in normal times, the non-pandemic times, was a slow down activity for me. But suddenly, I needed a speed up activity because everything else around me was slowing down or was so slow already so I sat with that reader's block um <laughs> that reader's block down and I let it be and I didn't fight it I mean not beyond having books back staring at me from my bedside table and I'm really happy to report that it all came back but not having that reliable companion activity was really strange and really tough because suddenly I had one less thing to escape into. Thankfully, my ability to read is back. Another thing that happened in lockdown was what I now call my little lockdown non-love story. I started dating someone just before the lockdown, the first lockdown in the UK. And he was really nice, really kind human being with a wicked sense of humor, but also a very interesting take on reality. It was romantically predestined for failure, but I really wanted him to be my friend. I'm like, please pick me to be your friend. And we did spend a bit of time together before that first lockdown. We stayed in touch throughout it um, for a few months. We used to send each other voice notes. And because he had this unique take on reality and such astute original observations about the world, I honestly really hoped this would be a lovely friendship 
for, for friendships, <laughs> no, just one friendship would do for years to come. And actually, I went through some of these messages to prepare for this episode. And one of them actually said we should make a podcast and just made out of these short exchanges. And honestly, I think it would have been really lovely. It would have been like a class, class offering. Pals, I got ghosted. Ghosted. I realize this is so anticlimactic, but it happened just out of a sudden. I got blocked. And really, it left a bit of an unresolved business for me, this. It was not the first time I got ghosted. It was not the second time. It happened to me time and time again. And it almost, you know, became weird at some point not to have been ghosted. How toxic is that? Think about how toxic that is. But this whole story was a bit of a lesson in letting go for me, I must say. I am usually just incredibly, almost unhealthily curious. And I will always want to get to the bottom of things and make sure I fully understand something or someone, even though I know this is not always possible. (laughs) But it usually does not stop me from trying. However, with this little lockdown non-love story, I was a bit sad and it was a bit weird. And I did want to know what had happened. But somehow, I completely let it go. And I did so without feeling like a victim. Like, you know, oh, I'm ghosted again. Everyone is awful. It wasn't like that at all. I don't know why. I gave it a farewell moment and I said, right, just leave it. Just let it go. And it is probably a very, very small step in my learning how to let go bigger things and more important things and more damaging things. But letting go is something I'm really awful at. So I thought to acknowledge that one, that one moment, that one little event when I was not rubbish at letting go. A small lockdown lesson for me. And now to the most terrible thing that happened to me during lockdown, and that was being separated from my little nephew. I have seen him uh, since he was born at least once a week and then every other week for the weekend since he was about two. So not being able to see him in such crucial time for his development where he understood that someone is not coming to visit him, it was really awful to watch. It was really awful to feel and to experience. And I sometimes wonder, will he remember that? you know, he didn't see me for so long. Will he remember that he didn't see his other family members for so long? Will he remember this as a really, really weird time? And I really missed him and my heart was really broken because of this inability to see him. But uh, I could not break the rules and neither could my sister. We have a lot of that, you know, I think migrant mentality maybe um, where we think, well, yes, your rules suck but you know they're unfair actually and you are parting like it's 2017 whereas everyone else just follows your laws (sighs) don't want to make it political or not right now at least but I will never forget seeing my nephew after these long long months I think this is my most treasured memory of my entire life possibly I don't think I have ever felt so much joy before I genuinely, hand on heart, don't think so, 
it is such beautiful and heartbreaking memory at the same time. And I recognize that that great joy would not have existed without the great sadness and the great pain of separation and pain of witnessing that little boy struggling to make sense out of the pandemic world. And I am really grateful that this was the worst thing that happened to me during the pandemic. I know it's not over. Why is it? Or is it not? I don't know. Probably not. Might not be over ever. I don't know. But I would like to hope that the worst, at least, is behind us. And I would love to do another recording or writing down of my lockdown memories in a few years. I'm very optimistic that I'll still be recording or writing anything. But I am really interested in memory and our perception of the past and how it changes and what affects that perception. Maybe in five years or ten years we will know much more on how the pandemic affected the world and people in it. At that moment, I feel we are still, at this moment, I mean, we are still picking up the pieces, trying to make sense of what had happened and doing this still very much ad hoc. Or we might be doing that until someone officially announces the end of it. Who knows? I want to end this on a practical thought. And I I had this idea that I'll prepare my pandemic lockdown box. A box to be buried... I probably won't, well, probably won't bury it, but I will hide it somewhere really well and open it in 10 years. Like, you know, you see in movies, this box, a letter to the future. My box of pandemic sentiments or lockdown sentiments. And I thought, what would I put in it? I think, first of all, a lateral flow test. Do you, do you remember those? I'll put in it a little pin, you know, like a little pin that you get for your clothes there's a pin that says, you got this. It's from my nephew or from his mum. And they sent it to me when I got COVID during Christmas. And I had to stay at home by myself. Boohoo, sad times. I'll definitely put my glow-in-the-dark skateboard in it. <laughs> because it's small enough to fit in a bloody box. And maybe this episode as well. That's an easy way out. I think it covers most of what I thought and I felt during that time. So from my sentimental box to the future to yours, take good care and I hear you next time. Bye.